Hey guys, Paige here. Just wanted to let you guys know that Pottering On It has a new episode this week and we finally got approved on iTunes. So you can find us on iTunes at Pottering On It or on Podbean, also at Pottering On It. We'll be adding it to a lot of the other podcast sites soon. And thanks for listening. Yay! Yay! Yeah, we're here too. Listen to the podcast. It's super fun. And uh, and Mondo made the art for it. And it's really cute. I it did. Really cute. I did do that. And this week's guest is Crystal Adams. And she's very funny. Ooh. Yeah. She t- she was one of the ones where she's like, I don't think I have any wedding stories. And then when we got into it, she had a great one. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So before you do that, enjoy the show. Go Podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Now please, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And this week we have... Andrea Gazetta! Yay! It's Armando's week! It's my week! All right, guys. I'm going to skip past a lot of this bullshit because we have had some technical difficulties. And uh, we're finally able to start the podcast, hopefully. So, um, this week, we're covering a cult that is hands down... I think either the first or second most requested cult uh, that we've had since we've opened up the survey. Uh, you guys have asked for it. Um, you it's, asked for this. It's easily top three for yeah. sure. Is this what you wanted? Is it? We are covering the Moonies. <laughs> also known as the Unification Church. Not as fun. Not as fun. Um, the Moonies are interesting and this is actually gonna be a two-parter for yeah. for your uh, for your ass. It would it would Yikes. so it would most be. asses are two parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheeks. And just like this one, the asshole is right no. in the middle. Okay. Because that's where we're going. I don't need another so text graphic? from my mom saying that it got gross. <laughs> I got a text after that one with all the semen, and she was just like, honey, why? So glad we left it in. I got a text from my mom that said LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> different different strokes for different penises, I guess. No. Um, the Moms sources... don't have any penises. This makes no sense. Hey, don't judge my mom. Uh, the sources for today's episode are... Korea's response to Japan, an article by Western Michigan University. Sun Myung Moon's life in his own words, compiled in 2007, which we will get into because anytime a fucking cult leader describes their life in detail, it's like the, it's the dumbest shit. It's the, it's so, and there's so much of it. I showed Paige. I, you showed me. Like wh- one page that I was like, oh man, that he went overboard, and then you were like, that's page one of forty-two, oh, and I was 42. like, oh my god. <laughs> and there's very little pictures. When you're really great, you have to let people know. Yeah, <laughs> forty-two parts. Uh, the Moonies, a news report by BBC News. 
The Bloody History of the Korean Independence Movement by Park Yun Sik, which if you read any of these sources, definitely make it that one because it is hella interesting. Um, the March 1st Movement, uh, an article by Association for Asian Studies. So, let's get on into this. Oh. Sun Young Moon was born Moon Young Myung. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, okay, here's the deal. Um, He changes his name eventually in it, but he was born Moon Young Myung, and that is the pronunciation. I did look it up several times, but he changes his name to Sun Myung Moon. For this podcast, I'm just going to call the dude Moon. Thank you. Because it is either his first name or his last name, depending on either of the names. So, it's fucking fine. We're going to call the dude Moon. Sun Myung Moon was born Moon Young Myung on February 25th, 1920 in the Doksong village of North Pyongan province in modern day North Korea. Before I get any motherfucking emails, I'm not saying Pyongyang, I'm saying Pyongyang. Fuck. This is so hard. You have to understand. <laughs> I don't I don't speak You you picked this one. <laughs> I did. I picked it because I was like, "Oh, interesting." And then I did not realize that I would have to pronounce uh, a different language. So I'm trying my best. Please bear with me. <laughs> Moon was born to a large farming family with seven siblings. His father was a hard-working farmer and dedicated member of the Presbyterian Church. Moon even mentions that his father's prized possession was a hymn book that he kept in such great condition that he refused to bring it to church, choosing instead to memorize all the hymns. Fucking nonsense. That's like if I went to work and didn't bring my laptop and was like, no, don't worry. I just memorized all the information about our customers. Carla, what you don't seem to understand is that my brain is Excel. (laughs) (laughs) They're the throw pillows of this family. Oh my... It's the same thing as, like, those dudes who have the old cars that they're like, but we can't drive it anywhere. I'm like, but it's a car. I think part of that's because they get, like, eight miles to the gallon. Yeah, the difference is is that I've never heard, uh, I've never heard of anyone pulling up with a new hymn book and being like, ladies, (laughs) you heard of a Lord. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Moon describes his mother as strong and like a general. And I'm saying like a general, but Moon said like a female general. That's right, a woman general. <laughs> oh my god, who would ever think of such a thing? It's so weird. We'll it's as in. crazy as a woman pilot, or a woman doctor, or a woman Santa Claus. <laughs> or a woman that is crazy. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> that is nonsense and I refuse it. Mrs. Claus is just an important part as Mr. Claus... But they are different. They have an equal relationship with understanding and sharing of the elves sexually. Go ahead. What? <laughs> no, Paige. They no. said that the elves helped making the toys. They didn't specify which type. Oh, no. <laughs> oh this is the wrong holiday and I don't what care. What if Santa Claus has been dead for years and Mrs. Claus just puts a wig on and does his job? Oh, my God. Like Psycho? <laughs> like, God, he's, like his body's just in the workshop? Oh, man. Now what I'm a thinking twist. Of, now I'm thinking of the theme song to Psycho, but it's just sleigh bells. <laughs> ching, 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 ching. <laughs> Uh, Moon's mom mainly picked and ginned cotton and wove it into cloth and clothes, a skill the family found extremely useful when it came time to marry off her daughters. Or stop being naked. Yeah, but... <laughs> you can be naked whenever you want, but when you gotta get married, you gotta have clothes should wear clothes for that. Weirdly enough, <laughs> At least seem, for the first day. <laughs> you seem like it'd be easier to marry her off if she was naked. Yeah. But... 
Um, you got to cover up those flaws. You got to cover, cover up, up, up all the whip marks and why, whatnot. Why buy the cow when you've seen it walking around the fields with no clothes on? That cow is so fucking hot. <laughs> Look at those udders. Okay, Bundy, take it easy. <laughs> uh, Moon. Okay, so here's a here's a description of his relationship with his mother that comes from uh, Moon in his own words. And this is something that's going to come up again and again. Of the sources that I had, one is an expose, one is by the facts, and one is in his own words. So I used those three, cut out the bullshit, and figured out what was the same in each one of those with sources to find out what is truth. But sometimes, sometimes those little bullshits, they're just... Mm, they're so good and you just gotta drop them in the podcast because we're doing a comedy show and we're, we're tired of talking about sad Alaskans that's true it's been, oh. it's been a whole lot of sad Alaskans so I hope this makes up for all of it here's the first quote by Moon himself it is natural for every mother to love her children but for my mother I was very special if I were to go on talking about the subject you would cry many times <laughs> So many. So many times. The most tears. I wish I could do a better Trump voice, but he's like, I'm the most special child. Uh, Moon's parents had 13 total children, but only eight survived to childhood. And I'm not saying uh, adulthood. I'm saying childhood. A lot of them died in infancy. Through most of his childhood, Moon only knew his older brother and six sisters. So he had a total of you know eight siblings or seven siblings eight of them total during moon's early childhood his family was very poor they were korea was in the middle of a three-year famine that we'll sort of get into in a little bit because it was caused by outside um reasons while pregnant with moon his mother's diet consisted mainly of pine tree bark and a small amount of the food that they farmed girl no yeah, not on just, those trees uh, <laughs> a beaver am i right okay his family farmed millet rice sweet potatoes and corn they also kept livestock such as cows and a few pigs when moon was older his family began keeping bees and selling the honey and wax the ability to produce luxury sweets and candles for light brought his family out of poverty i found nothing in the actual sources, so that was only from his, like, actual life story, in his hmm. own words. But it's something that was so specific that it almost seemed like, why would you lie about it? Yeah, yeah, no one's gonna, like, yeah, that's not gonna impress anybody. No, because it does support, he was able to go to school later, so his family had some money, but it it just, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Is that it, it was so weird, and there's also... Like fucking three paragraphs where he just goes on about keeping bees, and it's like we fucking get it, dude. You had bees. Oh, honey. Anyone with a pool has bees. We get it. He just—he just wants you to know that he's the bees knees. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll there's stop. there's two types of jokes on Colt podcast. <laughs> Good ones and that. <laughs> All right, so here, um, here I want to give you a little bit of context as to uh, the world that Moon and his family were living in. In 1910, and remember that Moon was born in 1920. In 1910, following a bunch of political turmoil, and that is, to put it super lightly, the Japanese government annexed Korea and began a colonial rule over the country. 
During the first decade, Japan ruled harshly and mainly with their military, and most Koreans, Moon included, saw Japanese rule as persecution of the Korean people. In March of 1919, a group of Koreans who protested Japan's colonial rule organized an event where delegates would publicly read the Korean Declaration of Independence, and as the crowds grew, police felt they could no longer contain the people and called in the Japanese military. Who then called in the bees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the March 1st movement, as it was later known, ended in a massacre of the Korean people calling for liberation. Across the country, uh, over 7,500 Koreans were murdered or publicly executed. Holy crap. Over 15,000 others were injured and over 46,000 were arrested. Damn. An approximated 2 million Koreans participated nationwide in the movement. Wow. One member of the movement, and particularly one that Moon grew to idolize, was Yu Guan Sun. Yu Guan Sun worked tirelessly to push forth the message of independence, and on March 1st, she rallied 3,000 Koreans to peacefully protest in a marketplace. Eventually, when the Japanese military arrived, they just fired on the unarmed protesters, Holy killing 19 crap. people, including Yu's parents, both of her parents. Yu was arrested, but refused to give up the names of any of her other organizers. For this, she was imprisoned and tortured. While in prison, she led a protest on the anniversary of the March 1st movement. In prison! Damn! A year later, she rallied the prisoners as an anniversary to the thing that put her in prison. That's a tough bitch. Following the protest, Yu was tortured and beaten so bad that she died from her injuries in fact records show that of the 46,000 in prison for protesting around 7,500 died at the hands of Japanese officers and that's just what records show there's nothing accounted and it just says around because we don't know Mm -hmm. while in prison Yuguan Sun wrote Japan will fall even if my fingernails are torn out, my nose and ears ripped apart, and my legs are and arms are crushed, this physical pain does not compare to the pain of losing my nation. Was that a letter oh. or a piece of the script from Old Boy? Holy <laughs> shit. What's Old Boy? It's a great it's a, movie. It's a Korean horror film. Yeah. Oh. You became a martyr for the Korean liberation when she died at 17 years old. Oh what? Throughout all of that, she was 16 and died at 17. Damn. Her story is horrifying, but for the public, some rumors were started and her legend grew. One common belief later confirmed by her family to be untrue was that Yu's body was cut up into six parts. Moon comments that this was because the Japanese were inspired by Satan. Despite the tragedies that Japan's colonial rule inflicted on the Korean people, some good did come from the arrangement. In the 35 years Japan ruled over Korea, urban growth, cultural forms like radio and cinema, and industrialization skyrocketed. When Japan surrendered Korea, the nation was second most industrious nation in Asia behind Japan itself, and this allowed for Koreans to focus on careers and schooling instead of farming. That doesn't make up for any of the bullshit that they did, but it definitely uh, was kind of a help. And it also was more for the benefit of Japan at the time. Yeah. It was definitely more so that when they were there and using Koreans for war, um, because that's what they did. They drafted Korean men into the war to go out first. They drafted them into factories to work when the Korean men were gone. And even worse, they drafted Korean women, thousands, tens of thousands of Korean women to be comfort women. 
Oh no. They, they made sex slaves. They oh. did that. In 1941, Moon attended Waseda University in Japan, where he studied electrical engineering. Uh, Moon referred to his time in Japan as setting foot on enemy land and described his time as focused on his work. He also cooperated with the Communist Party members in the Korean independence movement. The extent of how much he participated, I can't i don't really know at minimum he attended a few meetings and delivered a couple of messages but if you believe what he says in his own words he was like the driving force behind <laughs> korea getting its independence i did the whole thing yeah, i, yeah, I yeah. ran for office I, I drafted the declaration of independence i'm very bigly in this movement you know how you know how if you watch forrest gump it's supposed to be like oh wow forrest gump was behind all of america's history <laughs> if you believe moon that would be <laughs> Moon, Korea's Forrest Gump. <laughs> According to Moon, he was a powerful figure in the Korean resistance who was in and out of jail and under constant surveillance. I don't know how much of this is true. In 1943, at the age of 23, he returned to Seoul, modern-day South Korea, and took a job in the electrical... Yeah, I don't know, man. Dude, I'm trying my... I am, I am so sorry. I'm trying my best. <laughs> Seoul, Korea. Seoul. Fuck. I know Anyang, okay? Anyang. I know that. And I don't know it just from uh, Arrested Development. I knew it because I used to work for a Korean family. It was really nice. And they taught me a bunch of words in Korean, including emo and ipo, which are opposites. Uh, uh, nope. I'm going to cut all that out because emo means aunt. Ipo, ipo and babo. Jumbo agi. Jumbo agi. Jumbo baby. Is that your name? That's what they called me, yep. <laughs> no matter how you pronounce any of the things, he moved to South Korea and he took a job in the electrical department of a big Japanese construction company based in Korea, a byproduct of that urban growth. Mm-hmm. He also met and became... <laughs> <laughs> urban growth. Oh man, I wish that's how it was. Instead it was really sad. Oh. <laughs> uh, he also met and became engaged to his first wife in what seems like an arranged marriage. Uh... He was, in his own words, and again, there's really no reason to lie about this part, he says that he was the 24th suitor to be suggested to be the husband of his first wife. That's weird. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. She must have been troubled. She must have had, like, so many goats. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so many bees, actually, like the most bees. Like for for realsies, if you want to get down to it, uh, the way that his family was able because she was apparently the daughter of somebody that was very important in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, his family, specifically his mom, worked tirelessly to create a, a massive amount of cloth that they used to like push him to the top of the list and then that's what pushed it over so again i mean if they're very important in the community she should already have clothes yeah but now she's got so much cloth dude (laughs) so much cloth uh up to my dick in cloth (laughs) i got that i got a i got a tiny shirt just for my dick (laughs) balls deep in this cloth motherfucker i hope it's a hawaiian shirt it is (laughs) all dicks wear hawaiian shirts Imagine a dick in a Hawaiian shirt holding a pina colada somehow. It grew arms just for the shirt. Because dicks always be on vacation. I will tell you that that is not true <laughs> in the slightest. 
It's hard work being a dick. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> emphasis on hard. Okay. Hey. Uh, the they married him and his first wife married on in uh, April 1945, and one year later gave birth to Moon's first son, Sung Jin Moon. During his time back in South Korea, Moon attended a church led by the charismatic minister named Bak Kim. Bak Kim claimed that he received revelations from God that Korea was to become a new Israel and that the second coming of the Messiah would come from Korea. He was also a fine motherfucker when he backs that Kim up. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never thought I'd see the day that a back that ads up reference would make its way into this podcast. And I am so happy. Shouts out Cash Money. Shouts out them hot boys. New Orleans, what's up? We'll be there soon. Um, I just couldn't. The second I heard his name, I was like, mm. it was like when it was like Return of the Mac Thomas. Yeah, it like, it's there. It had to be there. Um, around this time, Moon changed his name from Moon Young Myung to Sun Young Moon. Now, Moon does explain the meaning of his moon change. <laughs> That's it happens every twenty-eight days. He's <laughs> a little bit of cotton. It'll be fine. That it's is totally natural. That isn't what I meant, but it is totally applicable. No, <laughs> Moon. This is Moon uh, talking on his name change. Uh, moon means truth, and the sun means to reveal itself clearly. The character for Sun is a compound for land and sea. The character for Myung combines the characters for the sun and moon. Sun and moon must be bound up with truth, as must the land and sea. They should make one world. My name means to be aligned with the proper order, with the quality of purity that cannot be criticized from any corner. <laughs> How convenient. Wait, what? Yeah, so he talks, when he talks, if you read too much of it consecutively, it will drive you insane. It is a form... But it's also, but in fairness, it's also a translation. No, 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 no. This in and of itself is a form of brainwashing. We saw it in Nexium where they yeah. change the way that words mean. So when they talk and the way that they talk is so confusing and uh, almost trance-like that you change what things mean in your own head. Scientology is notorious for it as well. He starts off talking about the meaning of his name and what the words and characters mean. And by the end of it, he says that because... Uh, because his name means that the, the sun and moon are bound together, just like in his original name, land and sea are bound together, they make one world. My name needs to be aligned with the proper order, with the quality of purity that cannot be criticized from any corner. He ends that fucking sentence by saying, you can't question me no matter what I say. Because my name got changed? Yes. And almost every quote that I will read, I cut out the part where he's like, and also this means I'm always right and the best at everything. Fun. Just know that every quote that I read, almost always ends with him saying and yeah I'm the fucking best. It's kind of like with Kim Jong-un where he's like I'm the best at basketball yeah, and Dennis Rodman's say. like I can't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I really don't want to play sports with this dude. <laughs> I don't know if you mean uh, Kim or Dennis Rodman and either of them. I don't want to play sports with either. Oh, I will, I'll Sonia play dress Moon. up with Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah that'd be really oh, fun actually. Good taste. Yeah. Good taste. Uh, this is a chapter Oh, by the way, for those of you that uh, <laughs> for 
for those of you that read the uh the the show notes when i release them for this one i put a bunch of funny little titles that i think are too good (laughs) to uh let go so the the first chapter of this podcast was called the moon rises oh great and this one is called the moon is full and then in parentheses of himself okay moon seemingly from childhood thought of his life as connected to the world around him he believed that his birth coincided with the death of Yu Guan's son. If you look at this from a perspective of just years, which may have been how he looked at it, she died in um, 1920, and he was born in 1920. What he's not thinking about is he was born in February and she died in September. So it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't quite work. It doesn't actually coincide. And he's actually... He's leaning into the fact that they have a different calendar system than the Georgian calendar. Right. Because for them, he was born in January. For us, he was born in February. I think that's right. That's still a lot farther away from September than people would like, you know. It's also just... Yeah, it's all fucky. So, yeah. um... He believed that while he studied in Japan, he literally represented all of Korea. When I started reading his quotes, I thought he meant like figuratively, like when I was there, I felt like I had to put on for Korea. But he thought in his mind that every Japanese person who saw him, uh, he was a representation directly of all Koreans. He also believed that God spoke directly to him about things ranging from his purpose on earth to where he should and shouldn't go in Japan. Wow. Here's a direct quote from Moon on God's will. Uh, I would only go to places if God were to say, I feel joy at seeing such a beautiful place. It's a good place. Why don't you go there? Unless that happened, I absolutely would not go. He's using God as Yelp. I was going to say, it was like, <laughs> is God like, that ramen place is dog shit. I saw a roach there once. Go to the other one. Three stars. <laughs> At, at, at best, he's using God as Yelp. At worst, he's using God as TripAdvisor. Do you or understand? Like, it's not... Or he's using God as just a party excuse. You know, when yeah. people are just like, hey, do you want to come to this thing? And you're just like, no, I'm busy. I'm, um... Uh, I don't want to go to that. God, <laughs> like he's just, God said it was God lame. said I couldn't I'm go. sorry? Yeah, it's like God's like your parents. I have a show, I think, maybe. And now we're coming to the newest segment in Cult Podcast, um, one that we kind of debuted a little bit earlier. This segment is called Literally the Most Shortened History Lesson Possible. Great. In 1945, Japan surrendered to the Allies, who decided a trusteeship was necessary for Korea to create its own government. The Soviets occupied the North, the um, the U.S. and allies occupied the South. Many Korean people demanded independence immediately, except the Korean Communist Party, who supported the trusteeship. As the Cold War began, the two Korean factions became more tense. The territory was split in North and South Korea. That is the most simplified TLDR fucking explain like I'm five of the split between North and South Korea. Um, basically, you have two factions of Korean people uh, one would become the infamous Kim family, mm-hmm. who was backed by the communists and the Soviets, and they became North Korea. And then you have people who wanted to become independent, and the U.S. offered a five-year plan to set up their government and give them independence, and that became South Korea. With the caveat of hopefully you choose democracy, and hopefully is in heavy, 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 yeah, yeah. heavy quotations. Um, <clears throat> Did before Korea was occupied by Japan, they were a democracy, right? 
Not really. Would, there was there were probably emperors. Oh yeah, but highly suggest if you have time to go read history. I might just like history. I I knew I enjoy history. I knew some of this shit because I was gonna be a history major before I decided that college wasn't for me and that maybe I was just gonna be a stand up comedian slash freelance graphic designer. And you know what? <laughs> it worked out great for me. I was homeless for a year and a half. Let's keep going. <laughs> but now I can afford Chipotle. It's awesome. Oh yeah, I never go to Chipotle. <laughs> Uh, Moon believed that the end of the war and independence of Korea was a double-edged sword, which it actually kind of was, but he believed because the hatred for Japan and the growing distrust between the two Korean factions could lead to deeper problems and violence, Moon called for peace and unification between Koreans and also Korea and Japan. That entire statement is true and good. That should happen. Back Kim, Moon's minister, the guy that we talked about who believed that Korea... Back that Kim up. Back that Kim up. Back that Kim up uh, once told Moon that his mission was the same as King Solomon's, which I talked with um, Andrea before. She's my resident help me with understanding Christianity, but you also know. Yep. King Solomon's mission, uh, again oversimplified, was uh, unification, bringing everyone together. By fucking a bunch of different women, but well, and also building the temple. Yeah, and also I was building say, it's the mostly temple. Mostly building the temple. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just focusing on that one thing because well, the the idea of building the temple was creating unification. He asked God for wisdom. I hate this. I hate King <laughs> Solomon so much. He's a cool biblical figure. He was actually figure. pretty tight. No, it's fine. It's just because Moon keeps uh, referring referring to people as uh, different people from the Bible, and then I had to keep asking about it, and she would just go on for five minutes about people from the Bible. And what I was if you like, just like read it once? Maybe. No, it's dumb. <laughs> it's not it means bil- nothing it's not to that me. Long of a read. It, it, there's a lot of like fire, explosions, and killing. That's the fair. Old Testament's pretty tight. Yeah, I'm, so I'm just waiting for the movie. Um, they they made it. Mel Gibson made it. No, that's just one part. I want to see the whole thing. It's the last half. Yeah, that's the worst half. No. Yeah, so um, Moon called for unification between, like I said, both Korean factions and Korea and Japan. Uh, Back blessed Moon and told him he was free of sin and free to pursue his cause. This was significant to Moon because he believed in Back's message that the next Messiah would come from Korea. Only Moon believed that the Messiah had already come in the form of Moon himself. I always, anytime somebody's like, you're free of sin, I'm like, no, people are dog shit. We do bad shit all the time. <laughs> like, Oh, boy. If no. you think that now, it's going to get so much oh, worse. No. After Back's blessing, Moon believed that he had inherited all that Back had spiritually. Oh, great. Convenient. Moon saw Back as a flawed man and was unable to truly follow God's will. So if he's flawed, then why does it matter if he absolved Moon of his sins? No, you don't get it. I'm free of sins. Okay, but the guy that told you that, you're saying he's flawed. Yeah. Like I don't John get the it. Baptist. I mean, that'd the be kind of like like if a murderer told me I was a good person. <laughs> I'd be like, you're not a good judge of that. <laughs> hey, this is Charles Manson. I just <laughs> you're a real fucking good person. Hey, you're a real good guy. <laughs> you got fucking spider thighs, but you're a crazy good person, man. You got my roller skates and my jazz movies on, but you got the the hair of a devil, and I like it. Why is your man so good? <laughs> you know me. I'm in the big old. I'm in, I'm in the big old doom buggy in the sky. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm driving. So fun. 
I'm driving. I'm driving God's lawnmower engine now, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Surprise guest. Oh, why is he in heaven? <laughs> I didn't even think of that, actually. Maybe I should read the Bible just once. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned John the Baptist because Moon actually saw back as a John the Baptist figure. Uh, although that means that he saw himself as Jesus. Um, yeah, okay. So, Moon began recruiting members of Back's church. A big selling point for Moon was that he had a fucking job, and he <laughs> could afford rice to feed his followers, whereas Back offered nothing. Dude, rice is so cheap. Yeah, especially because his family fucking grows the shit. Yeah, oh yeah. Once Back found out, he cut off Moon from his church. Moon believed that if Back had joined his new church, that he would have recruited other churches and eventually approached the government as the official church of the newly formed South Korea. Since Moon believed that South Korea could not be the home of his new congregation at the time, he decided to cross the 38th parallel, which is the space between North and South Korea at the time, which by the way was illegal at the time to cross it still legal i think uh yeah now it's the dmz the demilitarized zone but at the time it was not demilitarized so it was like the world's worst tough mutter run if you will just really bad i don't know how it was then but now there's fake shopping malls and stuff like really? North Korea really? builds like stairs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to make it look like it's more populous. It looks like you went to Universal Studios in May 1946. One month after the birth of his first son, Moon abandoned his family and left for North Korea to develop his new church and scriptures. And this is a quote, just to let you know how much of a fucking piece of shit this guy was. <laughs> this is a direct quote from him himself on abandoning his family if a letter came from my wife i used to send it back or tear it up my wife had to make a living selling apples with my son strapped on her back she was even chased by the police even though i heard this news my heart was unmoved she should have sought out her husband she should have embraced the baby and raised him more beautifully than any other prince wow that is that's not a criticism of him by somebody else that's the dude Jeez. That's strange also, considering his thoughts on marriage later. By the way, yeah, for sure. And just on women in general, he never refers to his wife, his first wife, by her name. He mm-hmm. only ever refers to her as Sun Jin's mother. Oh, jeez. He de- yeah, in his in his um in his writings, in the way that he describes it, even talking about his former in-laws, he'll say Sun Jin's mother's uh or Sun Jin's grandmother. He'll, he'll say shit like that. He'll only talk to her uh, through the being of his son. Wow. Because that's all she is to him is the uh, basically the tunnel, for lack of a better word, for her fu- for his douche. fucking first son. He's a piece of shit. Well, is that, I mean, like, is that a cultural norm at the time or is that specific to him? No, I they, think he's just part of the way they, they didn't treat women very well at the time, for, with the example being that his mom being good at women. Uh, weaving cloth was a selling point for his family because they had to sell off six daughters but also he himself uh moon is a a piece of shit i mean he is yes he's just a shitty guy the way that he treats women and the way that he treats people in general is fucking (sighs) sick and not in a cool california way i mean in like a in like a lame global way yeah 
In North Korea, Moon's congregation began to amass quickly. And when I say congregation and church at this time, I mean just a group of people, really. This is the equivalent to what we talked about last week with, like, street preaching, Mm -hmm. where you're just kind of like, this guy doesn't really have a church. He's just kind of, like, having secret meetings with people and, like, like, holding little whatever uh, masses, I guess. It is Christianity. Um... And the reason for this was because, as we covered in the episode for the, uh, the the true Russian Orthodox Church, at the time, the Soviets had a strict anti-religion policy. Right. And this, this moved into North Korea, where they had rule. Like, they, they didn't allow any religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, Koreans didn't really like that, because before that, they had the ability to have um, religious... Not religious freedom. You could really just be Christian or not Christian. They used to be... um, Moon himself and his family used to follow the philosophy of uh, Confucius. Oh, the Confucianism. Yeah, when he was 10. And then they converted to um, Christianity, Presbyterian Church. Interesting. Is Presbyterian Christianity? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. They're a denomination. It's just a weird word. Not a weird religion, just a weird word. We got a lot of weird words. Episcopalian, Anglican. Episcopalian is when you only eat fish, right? No. That's, <laughs> you're thinking of pescatarian? Pescatarian. <laughs> Episcopalians are the Christians that are pretty cool with gay people these days. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, how are uh, pescatarians? Are they cool with gay people? I mean, as long as they're fish. <laughs> also, actually, they I, can only eat fish? Pescatarians? No, yeah. it means that they eat fish... Fish is only meat that they consume. Right. So they see all the yeah, yeah, yeah. and pastas and whatnot. So. Wow, they're really putting the pesk in pescatarian because they're so hard to cook for. Am you I mean right? Pesky? Fuck. We're done. Shut the podcast off. <laughs> I left and came back. It's going great. Mm-hmm. Um, because of this anti-religion policy, Moon was arrested in front of his congregation and imprisoned as being a spy for South Korea. This could have something to do with the fact that he was a spy for South Korea. No, I don't ever think I don't. I I honestly and Moon also neglects not neglects denies these uh, claims. Mm-hmm. He never said he was a spy for South Korea. In fact, he was born in North Korea. So, like, he... Right. That was kind of, like, his home. And uh, he talks about it earlier, about how people from the place in North Korea that he's from are the most powerful in the world, or, or they have the ability to be so. And he definitely talks a lot about how they're better than the Japanese, for sure. That's what he says. Um, Is this, I, like, one of those sword fight yeah, 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 <laughs> arguments? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's really where that comes from, but... I don't. I know he wasn't a spy for South Korea. He says that uh, what I think may have happened is because he he came from South Korea legally and then was doing some shady shit. They just he was holding like secret congregations. They may have thought that he was doing some weird liberation shit. Gotcha. And they were like, mm, shut yeah. that shit down. He says that other secret congregations, their ministers ratted him out and made up crazy lies that he was a South Korean spy. Uh. Whatever the reason, uh, Pretty believably, I think that he was interrogated and tortured and gave nothing up because he had nothing to give up. Right, right. He had nothing. After North Korean officials decided he had nothing to offer, Moon was sent to Hungnam labor camp, 
While in the labor camp, Moon became an anti-communist. Go figure. Oh, yeah. Go figure <laughs> what would lead for that. And he viewed the Cold War as the ultimate battle between God and Satan. <clears throat> During the Korean War, here's another segment of uh, literally the most shortened history lesson possible. The Korean War happened uh, when the Cold War came to a head. They didn't want to, whatever, fuck up the lines. So North Korea attacked South Korea in attempts to um, bring it back together. And so they gained a little bit of land, and then the U.S. forces came and were pushed back, and then that hit North Korea really hard, and then China came in and was like, nah, fuck y'all, and then they pushed back, and pretty much things ended up where they started. So that's the Korean War in uh, real, real quick. One of the things that happened, though, is during the Korean War, um, Moon's labor camp was liberated, and Moon was free, uh, along with everybody else, and he was able to escape back to South Korea, again bringing his North and South Korean members, who also fled to South Korea, together. So he basically hmm. brought his church all together. <clears throat> In 1954, Moon formally founded the Holy Spirit Association for the Unification of World Christianity in Seoul. Brevity is the source of wit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this guy is not witty at all. His message of unification appealed to the youth who in turn helped Moon build the foundations of church-affiliated businesses and cultural organizations. Basically, um, this thing that we've talked about again and again is that new ideas talking about how uh, you want to be different from the ways that things have always been, that always appeals to the youth that always sweeps them up wherever you are that's fucking one and the same in 1957 moon officially divorced his first wife and completely started anew as a leader of his new church uh this is a segment of the show called the holy spirit association of god this is a long title (laughs) at his church moon preached his interpretation of the bible which focused on a conservative family oriented value system awkward even though yeah. we like just divorced that lady <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah remember when i was like ah oh, he left and he was like remember hey, that bitch selling apples she gone i started selling apples how about you fucking granny stick to what you're good at yeah fucking bitch that's what that was a direct quote no it wasn't. why is he so italian hey shut up <laughs> forget about it <laughs> Hey, you want to join my church? All right. He's a <laughs> hey. Jiminy Chris, cr- cricket, Cristiano. Hey. <laughs> Jiminy Cristiano. Uh, Moon told his followers that when he was 15, Jesus anointed him to carry out his unfinished work. And Jesus not only made him a Messiah, but appointed him as a parent to all of humanity. And I hope to God that's not true because I read how he took care of his first son. Right. Treated him like an apple. Really? (laughs) The apple does not fall far from the mom selling the apples. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moon and an early disciple penned and published Exposition of the Divine Principle in 1966. The book contains the core of the unification theology and acts as Moon's Bible. The book consists of three main parts. Stop me if this sounds familiar. God's purpose, which is to create humans and life. The fall of man into sin. And then restoration, the process in which God is working to remove the ill effects of the fall of man. It doesn't sound familiar. I'm sorry. No? Well, it's basically he just rewrote the Bible. Those are the words that he uses, but it's basically uh, God creates man and all of the life on earth 
Uh, God tells everyone what they should do. Uh, people don't really follow that. And That's then like God... the first eight chapters of the Bible. Yeah, and, and by God... eight chapters, I mean like ten pages. Yeah. And then God bounces. God's like, peace, y'all. Fucking hope you take care of your wives and sons. And then some people don't do that. And then, um, and then now what Moon is trying to do, which is pretty much the third chapter, is uh, working to remove the ill effects of sin and get everyone to perfection. The way that the church kind of works is similar to... Um, it's like a weird mix between normal Christianity and and Scientology. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like he's really missing the point of normal Christianity, which is that yeah. no one's perfect and that's why you need God. Pobody's nerfect, and then he's just like, I'm perfect. <laughs> Be this more Pobody like me. is nerfect, okay? <laughs> the, it's it's a weird mix between like Christianity and Scientology in that his belief system is that he is perfect. AKA clear. He doesn't use right. that terminology. I'm just using it but as an analogy. He, he is perfect. Um, and each person has a certain amount of sin or wrongness in them. And he can, if you follow his teachings, bring you to a level of perfection. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when we talked about Back and how he was mad at Back for not joining him, he the words he used was if Back would have joined him his him and his group would have already come in as perfect but because they didn't they could never be perfect this is way more scientology than christianity oh yeah it's a weird (laughs) thing because he's using imagery names and stories from christianity to basically steal l ron hubs uh l hubs if you will well what's really interesting is that this is right around the same time that l ron hubbard would have been publishing dianetics like, right after he finished fucking Jack Parsons. The church rapidly spread throughout South Korea and expanded into Japan, the Philippines, other Eastern Asian countries. And in 1959, the church spread to America, where it took the youth by storm and inserted itself as a religion that was here to stay in the USA. And that is the end of part one of the Moonies. Hey! So basically, I thought it was interesting to go through um, this dude's, like, life. Because I started reading it, and on Wikipedia, it's like two paragraphs. And then I started diving into it, and it's fucking crazy right even the truth is crazy but let me let me let me say this well the well this caps the history of the holy spirit association for the unification of world christianity and long names foundation bro Um, abbreviate it it is no not it is in no way the end of the story the moonies is a tale of smuggling kidnapping cocaine deception fucking brainwashing unbrainwashing and like mass marriages which we'll get into which is fucking insane moon's rise from a child born on a small farm to a messiah with a net worth of 900 million dollars what has just begun this guy is fucking we're gonna go into it but it is i just wanted to lay the groundwork and tell you this guys because this is this is true what i've read to you is other other than what i clearly labeled as bullshit Mm. Everything I told you is the truth. It is his actual life or the life of other people that he kind of lived through or learned about. That's like, it's fucking insane. The stories are fucking crazy. And he really did. If you read it now, like he, he did go to prison. He did get tortured. He fucking went from a, 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 a farmer's son to growing. And each time that he starts to like 
grow his religion from scratch in South Korea to North Korea to back to South Korea, it worked every time. Every new country he started in, there's not that weird, awkward phase that you see with most cults where they kind of, like with Jonestown, where they tried to spread, kind of failed a couple times. Right. Um, it worked every fucking time. Crazy. He, he sent it to Japan, and it fucking killed. Yeah. Unlike Japan, who <laughs> killed. Um, so it's fucking crazy, but to leave you guys with something... On more of a fun note, I guess, <laughs> I have a fun little thing for you called uh, Sun Myung Moon in his own stupid words. <laughs> so the following are a bunch of quotes from his autobiography, and they are um, just, this, just, the, just the juiciest bits of bullshit from this man's fucking life story. <laughs> and so some of them are out of context, but you'll be able to guess where they fit into his life. I've pretty much put them in order. Of how many, uh, or of where I would have found them. If I started crying, I kept on crying even for more than an hour. My nickname was the All Day Crying Baby. (laughs) Is that a quote from my autobiography? Are you okay? You're crying right now. I'm always crying. I feel like if I had a baby that cried all day, I'd nickname him Earplugs. Oh, that's funny. Like, not a full sentence. I seem to have been a handsome baby. People would gather around me and want to hold me. One lady said, Oh, what a lovely child he is. I wish I could hold him in my arms. If I could, my family would be so blessed. Perhaps she was a woman who was really looking for a child. Perhaps she was a barren woman. Whatever the case, she really wanted to hold that baby in her arms. So this is every baby. I don't know if you met a baby. People love to hold babies. Yeah, like, it was just like, maybe she was looking for a child. Maybe she was barren. Oh. Maybe she wanted to steal me. <laughs> maybe. Here's here's a real fun one. Uh, maybe she I... had a van waiting. <laughs> Lying in your arms tonight. Or wait, crying in your arms tonight. <laughs> All day crying in your... Okay. Uh, I could make friends easily if I wanted to. I also knew how to... Have... <laughs> <laughs> if I even wanted friends, I could make friends so easy. Oh, I just don't want them. That's why I don't have friends. Check, check this second sentence out. I also knew how to have fun if I wanted to. Oh. I am good at having fun. You don't even know how much fun I can have. I'm so good at fun, you guys. I'm fun at parties. I'm so fun, people can't be my friend because they can't handle the fun. If I wanted, If I needed to sing, I would sing. If I needed to dance, I would dance. If I needed to beat out a rhythm, I could do it. I was good at it. I did everything. What? I went to a hat factory and ordered a hat twice. It was still (laughs) too small and I had to rip it up to make it fit. I have a big head. That's because I have so many brain cells. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know it was a fedora. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) He's the type. You can't imagine how earnestly I prayed. My tears stained the floor I prayed on, and there was not a day in which that floor was dry. So this is what a is man. What is in his tears that it's staining? Yeah, right. This is a man just crying and ordering hats <laughs> and then crying more on and paper. Ordering more hats on paper. This sounds like your perfect man, Andrea. <laughs> 
This dude's no, it just, just like, sounds like me as a man. Yeah. Yes. He's like crying and then be like, look at how much I'm crying. I'm crying so much. People want to hold me. I'm crying so much. Thank you for the hats. I'm going to cry more. I just this imagine is... him like putting hats on until they rip and then just cry. <laughs> My head is so big. No hats will fit. <laughs> and everyone else is at another party he wasn't invited yeah. to. <laughs> I could go to that party if I wanted to, but I have so much crying to do. I gotta wait here for my hat. It's coming in the mail. I'm busy. I've got I've got like an appointment with the crying on my floor. You get it. This last one is my absolute favorite because he said it in complete like sincerity. <laughs> oh, no. He's talk this is a quote from him as a child talking about how he used to be so great at hunting and catching animals. There also aren't any animals I haven't captured. Oh <laughs> on Earth? Oh on no. Earth? Oh no, that's not right. I never caught a tiger. Okay, but there's blue whale, great white shark, anaconda. There are animals that aren't even indigenous to Asia. Does he realize this? I just, I it's so because there also aren't any animals I haven't captured. Oh no, that's not right. I never caught a tiger. That's how he said it. That's how dude said it. Man, this shit is crazy. So that's so that brings us to the end of part one. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, this is, so, I was really afraid it wasn't going to be interesting just because this was, uh, like I said, it was kind of summarized into two paragraphs, but the story was so interesting. So, next um, next week, we'll get into the stuff that you kind of know about the Moonies and some maybe some stuff you didn't know about the Moonies because your boy, right. your boy has some contact with some peoples that oh. were former Moonies. What? Yeah. So does Cassie, who made my rings. She was telling me about it. Yeah, dude, she this shit is crazy. that are like still together, even though they got group married. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you guys, you guys have any questions? <laughs> no, I'm excited for part two. Yeah, no, I'm really David bummed Pumpkin, what I'm doing I right don't now. have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> any questions? Any questions? <laughs> oh, ready or not, here we dance. If I need to, I will dance. You know what? I can dance if I want to do. I'm just too busy crying. You know what? One of the I'm just gonna fucking get to it now. I was when I was reading. uh, So the way here's a little peek behind the curtain. The way that we do our research, or at least the way that I do, is a cursory glance, starting with Wikipedia. I just look at it to see what the outline on a person's life is, and then I start diving deep into research. It does give you a good idea of where to look for stuff and yeah. what other things to, to look for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can really, Wikipedia, they, for the most part, cite their sources, and so you can just go to the sources and then check those. Yeah. But one of the things that I saw was, like, in the table of contents... There was, like, a section that was, like, labeled interests or hobbies or some shit. And it was, like... Crying. It was, like, religion, uh, business, entertainment. And then the last one was just dance. (laughs) So, I don't... Like, I kind of doubted it until he used the phrase, if I needed to beat out a rhythm, I could do it. What the fuck? That's so fucking tight, dog. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. It's just... Ugh. Okay. If you want to fucking, if you want to throw down and challenge me to a fucking dance off, boy, <laughs> then you can, uh, you can contact me <laughs> on uh, Instagram or Twitter. And uh, I'm actually starting to use Twitter more. I tweeted the other day. I got five likes on a tweet. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, I need to tweet more. So if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me uh, at both at Mondo Does Stuff. M A N D O Does 
stuff. If you've got tons of bees and they make honey, please follow me at <laughs> Rampage Wesley on Instagram or at Paige Wesley on Twitter. Homegirl got to get her allergies under control. Bees? Yeah, dude. No, I'm not allergic to bees. It's that they have pollen. And so if you eat the honey that they make with the pollen of your local flowers, it can help with your allergies. Oh, no. I was hey. quoting Arrested Development. Oh, bees? Bees? Uh, yeah. And if you want to, you know, just share crying tips or... <laughs> hey, Andrea. Me- <laughs> I, I was looking around your floor and I noticed that you don't have a cry corner you don't have a uh, the floor isn't stained floor with the tears no i don't tears. need a corner this whole apartment is a cry corner oh god and also if you want to send me yards and yards and yards and yards of fabric to wipe up those tears you can send all those things to me at sundress comic on all the things you should hit up moon's mom she was balls dick and cloth <laughs> if you want to follow the show uh and i promise we have some cool things coming. So cool. So we have oh, yeah, um, really we have a couple things episode-wise that are coming up for you. And also, Jaboy has started coding and is almost done with our official website. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm undertaking a fucking brutal thing, which is no... It's no slight on anyone. It's not an insult. But I'm going to look through every episode and find out what each one is. So if you go to our website, you're able to find episodes by searching for the cults that you're interested in. So I will update you guys when that is ready. Um, as well as we are going to have blog posts along uh, along with every week that will dive into some more detail. And hopefully we have that up soon. I will keep you guys posted if you want to know more about it or keep in touch with us or fucking learn about anything that we do or share cool pictures. Or I don't know why I'm giving you such a fucking fighty tone. I'm not even mad at you. I love you. Every person that's listening to this, I'm so proud of you. I'm fucking crying, man. Damn. You want to just dance it out? <laughs> I think I got a beat out of rhythm. <laughs> okay, that, that was You're a real scaring poor the dog. <laughs> Bad choice of words. When you said beat out, I was like, let me leave first. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want to watch me beat out, you can... Uh, <laughs> or us beat out as a group, Yikes. rather. You can follow let us... Let me leave first. You can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. On Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. Or you can send us your... Da- I was going to say beating out videos, but please <laughs> no, don't. Please, don't. please don't. don't. Send those to Mean Boys. I, I did a jo- Yeah, I did a joke where I said, send me your semen and I regret it. I don't. I haven't gotten <laughs> anything, but I know it's going to... We all... Just one of these days, somebody's going to send it. I'm going to be like, dude. And they're going to be like, you said. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> I know, man. Nice What's semen. What's the sticky box? <laughs> oh, God. If you want to send like us... Um, I don't know. Your favorite dancing, uh, dance videos, or anything. I don't know. If you want to send us a letter. Or, like, if you have a cool cult that you want us to cover, like how I found out about the Moonies, because somehow I hadn't heard about them before, you can email us. And you can send that over to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. Be mindful that we get multiple cult requests every single day, so it'll take us a while. Oh, just yeah, a heads up. Dude, speaking of emails, we got one of the weirdest, creepiest emails where it was just somebody's name um as the as the the email and then um and oh, then there got was it, got it, got it. there was no subject line and it said two words and uh they are the portuguese words for good night it's also two undisclosed recipients what 
So it was just like a mass email? It's a mass email. That's fucking creepy, dude. Oh, man. that's That makes me so uncomfortable. Are we on a hit list? No. I don't know, dude. Somebody sent us a mass email that just said, uh, it said two words. Boa noite. Which is Portuguese for good night. Which is the creepiest fucking threat. And the, I swear to God what I thought was going to happen. And as soon as I read it and then copy pasted it and then put it into Google Translate. I was going to go, oh, it means good night. I thought a fucking bullet was going to come through my window and shoot me. Because that would have been the baddest shit. <laughs> that's how you die in a movie. So yeah, um, that's our email. If you want to send us an email, uh, foreboding and creepy or whatever <laughs> you want. Just send it to us. Do, 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 do the dang thing. You know what I'm talking about? Um, if you want to send us cloth or millet, if you want to send uh, me a roughly dick-sized Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> or a tiny pina colada, glass. or t- yeah, a penis colada glass. Ooh, that's so good. You can send it to three seven five six West Avenue forty, Sweet K number two thirty seven. Like, like the, the Shining. shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. Yeah, guys. We did it. We made it through to the end. We made it. Um, so I'm going to call this one Don't Drink Bees. <laughs> Do drink honey. <laughs> Do drink honey. Uh, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. 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 <laughs> don't drink bees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Why? They give me a nice buzz. (laughs) Made it under the wire. Making the podcast. (laughs)